Ma fille est milanais. Me portons là-bas, si le portrait lui plaît. L'a épuisé déjà un peintre avant vous. Que s'est-il passé Je ne sais pas. Et vous êtes où Ça fait des années que je rêve de faire ça. Mourir Courir. Vous allez devoir la peindre sans que les sache. Il pense que vous êtes une compagne de promenade pour quelques jours. Que savez-vous de mon futur mariage Rien. C'est tout ce que j'en sais aussi. Quand allez-vous vous marier Je ne sais pas si je vais me marier. C'est parce que vous pouvez choisir que vous ne me comprenez pas. Je vous comprends. Quand vous êtes embarrassé, vous mordez vos lèvres. Vraiment. Quand vous êtes troublé, vous respirez par la bouche. Combien de temps restez-vous je ne sais pas. J'ai un nouveau sentiment. Du regret. Quel en est le titre Portrait de la jeune fille en feu. All right. We heard more music in that trailer than. Uh... You know, than the, the characters in this movie did for the first like 18 or something years of the class. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> that slap, though, like the, the part where they're all at the fire and it's like, dun 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 dun, and they're yeah. all just doing it. And like, they, I don't know, we don't, we don't build tracks like that. Yeah, my, my body wasn't ready for acapella music, but I, I, I'm glad it was there. 
Fantastic. All right. Well, this is movie night extravaganza. We are here on this beautiful uh, Tuesday evening where it's, you know, not as hot as it has been, but still pretty hot, especially down in this basement. And uh, I'm Forrest Miller. Um, I am joined, as always, by artist, illustrator, uh, you know, comic book. Uh, uh, I don't know. I was going to I was going to try to. Well, He's a comic book. Of, uh, yes. Comic book character. <laughs> Living comic book. J. Comic Andrew. Comic book connoisseur is what I was going to say. But, uh, you know, J. Andrew World, you're muted, by the way. I am. Absolutely am. Um, no, I, I'm uh, actually kind of mad that you made me watch this movie because uh, it's, it's a week until I get my studio space where I can finally sit back up my easel and start painting again. And then I got to watch other people paint and I can't paint. And the whole movie they're painting. Yeah. People be painting. yeah. No, and it was, it was great. I, I love <laughs> watching artist work. So, so, you know, um, it's great for that. It's like that one scene in Titanic, but like two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> and more scandalous, I think. And nobody Definitely. got left. Nobody got left on the door. He, they yeah, could have nobody you know, froze or, to death, so that's yeah. nice. They could have fit both of them on that door. I'm gonna keep saying it. They could have fit both of them on that door. He didn't have to die. Anyway, I've been um, thinking but, that same thing for years. I'm so glad someone said it finally. I've said it, I think, yeah. ten times on the show. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I'm remembering hearing it. All right, joined also by, and I have a, a bunch of uh, you know cities here to read, but Conan Neutron, host of Protonic Reversal, and you know, lead of Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, who are going on tour with service, uh, you yep. know, in Indianapolis, Louisville, Nashville, and Atlanta this weekend. I wrote it all down. I, I feel very prepared for that intro. <laughs> Super then, impressed. That's awesome. Yeah, 40% yeah, of this panel is going to be on tour this week. It's great. Solid yeah. 40%. And I'll, I'll introduce the other, uh, the other part of the 40%. Erica Strout, a Georgia-based filmmaker, music video director, musician, uh, half the musical duo Dream Tent plays the guitar and sings the motherfucker and the live band of Conan Neutron of the Secret Friends, where she will be playing. Hey, hey, thanks for having me again. Great to see you guys. Yeah, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about this movie because I think, well, originally with Christina here, it was going to be a, a, a gender, uh, you know, diverse. It's going to be, ba- yeah, yeah, totally balanced. But, but the dudes win again, as always. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope everything's okay with her. She's fine. Yeah, she's having some family stuff. But uh, we're also joined by Marina Dove. Uh, you know, Marina Dove on Twitch and YouTube, Ooh. video essayist, Ooh, wood nymph, and, uh, and content creator. <laughs> she, added, content you, put creator. A, you put a wood nymph in? Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. That's my, <laughs> that's my like job now. Just muse. Yeah. Pro, pro, professional wood nymph. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're definitely dressing the part. Can I, I, just I, I try to I to look like as French and pastoral as I possibly could. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really working. I like very, it. Very Art Nouveau. Yeah, mm-hmm. I Which like is a little that, earlier than this film, but you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> I like very much that uh, the ladies are stepping up the hair game too, which definitely um, Forest. I know you're you're exempt, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you can get a hair. <laughs> you just put some paint on there. Yeah, we're a wig. Start, I should get a sick start tattoo. It, yeah. 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 Tattoo. Tattooed hair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, that is something that they do. Okay, sorry. I bet people do that. Do they yes. re- did, yeah, they is that do. That's a real thing, huh? Yeah, okay. yeah. force these, like, well, tribal tattoos on his head. Well, they have like, to, like, a dark color to fill in, like, where it looks. So it like gives it, like, shadows. So it looks like, you know, if you have... I shave my head, though. That's the thing. Like, it's a... 
purposeful decision I make on my part. Anyway, <laughs> I'm imagining someone deeply interested in like French art house films randomly discovering this episode and like being like, "What a, is is this the right thing? Did I click on the right thing? They're talking about <laughs> this is, head this tattoos. Is about a movie. Yeah. yeah, we'll get yeah, to the movie. It is. We'll get, yeah. we'll get there. This is important. We'll get there. This is, is really important stuff. I, I think so, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's so there's this movie. Um, I'm gonna pull up a, a clip of uh, you know the uh, the cast and director whose name is Celine Siama, and I'm gonna keep you know uh, putting it out there because I practiced. <laughs> to, to yeah, say it. But, it sounded good. Yeah, so this good. is uh, this is her talking about the idea for the film, and uh, I don't know, it, it's cool. Um, we've been doing a lot of uh, like like 2019 2020 stuff this month i feel like and i i find it really interesting like there's a lot of uh like it, it's either like stuff we've been doing that it's during the covid pandemic where they did a lot of like panels on all these things that were people kind of just um like on a virtual panel which they did way too many of those for the suicide squad but we talked about that like last week <laughs> yeah. and mm -hmm. or or the changes, like, where, like right before the covid pandemic and it's like the last times that there were people like in panels live i mean i'm sure they're doing it now live but like it's uh it's interesting what inspired you to do the story and why the 18th century what inspired me to do this story that it hadn't been told yet, mostly. And what inspired me was to be inspiring, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um, and why the 18th century? Well, I wanted to to talk about, uh, to show women artists at work and to talk about the art of portrayal. And uh, the 18th century was all about the art of portrayal. And it was also a specific moment in art history where there was a uh, um, a lot of female painters, hundreds of them throughout Europe, um, and especially in France. Um, and it's a reality that I was ignorant of because they were erased from art history. Um, so it felt right to, to, to write the film at that specific moment. So, so I understand you wrote, wrote the part of Heloise in, with Adele in mind. Like, what uh, was that like to write a part specifically for for you what did you think when you first read the screenplay when i first read the screenplay i thought this is a great script and i was right because it won best screenplay in Cannes. so <laughs> i felt oh okay no i must say uh celine and i have a long time term time collaboration and relationships so obviously this film is very particular for me i thought this is uh to me when i when i end when I finished the script, I thought this is a great sign of confidence that Celine, of what? Of trust, sorry. <laughs> She's <laughs> telling me everything I should say, you know. I'm kind of a Muppet, so. Um, <laughs> but you trust no, me. No, <laughs> I, I choose it. No, um, and I was very happy that we'd, we would collaborate again. So I started to think of my own like secret program for the characters. Now, and what was your first take on the screenplay, especially because, you know, Marianne is in every scene of the movie. My first impression uh, was not only about Marianne, it was really about what I just read is, as Celine say, is, wow, this is something I uh, never read, something that, uh, stories that I've been missing, images that I never seen, like, you know, this sex scene, the abortions scenes. It's something that I, have, I haven't been told. 
And this power of this love story also was already like so much alive in this screenplay, in the script. All the details, it was like a huge promise. And I was so exciting when I first read it. And when I first uh, uh, get a, an approach with Marianne, uh, I felt she was so alive already. She was so modern. Uh, and so I was excited. Yeah, so like starting this conversation out, I think it's really interesting that uh, class isn't the right word because everybody is kind of involved in the same like gentry space, I guess, like the, you know, like uh, they're marrying her off to a to a nobleman in Milan and like, you know, the father of uh, Marianne like knows uh, the family because he painted pictures before, but like they come from these two very different backgrounds and one of them is like more of an international, um, like, you know, traveling between France and uh, I think Brittany is the island that they're on throughout throughout this movie. But like, you know, throughout France and, and Italy and they have these connections and, you know, have some kind of wealth or something. But it's two very different backgrounds. And the fact that kind of um, I don't I don't necessarily think that people like women could have uh, been in, in situations like that before this time period. Right. Like it's kind of the beginning of the modern age. Um, They've, they, like, they opened up uh, French art schools to like a lot of women and uh, they were allowed to become painters as well. And, you know, there was a lot more autonomy, I think, that it wasn't just kind of marrying somebody off or putting them in a convent, which when we talked about Benedetta seemed to be. But, but it did kind of happen that way in this movie, too. Which we covered at the yeah. beginning of the month. Yeah. Man. But yeah, like it, it's not like, yeah. This is almost like a sequel, you know. <laughs> yeah, Benedetta it's... too. Back in the habit. <laughs> Woo. God damn it, Andy. Uh. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm saying, like, Marianne is not in that situation, right? She's allowed to have a lot more yeah. autonomy. I mean, she still has to put her picture at the end uh, up with her dad's name on it and stuff. And obviously, there's yeah. rules yeah. about, you know, her not being able to uh, uh, paint men in the nude. And, like, so there still are a lot of restrictions on her as well. But kind of the yeah. amount of freedom that she's allowed versus the amount of freedom that, um, you know, that, that, that uh, Heloise is allowed or, or her sister, or really, because she yeah. seems to like the convent because it gave her some level of autonomy, which is that she yeah. could, you know, read books or hear someone sing, which I, I feel like I'm bored a lot. And then hearing that kind of was, I was like, it's like, oh, yeah, in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Marianne, probably, I mean, I think your point is spot on, but I also think like she was able to become a painter, but it was probably like, by the generosity of her dad or you know like if her dad yeah. had felt strongly about her marrying she probably would have had to do that or yeah. run, you and, know i'm like run away or convent. something i don't know how that works yeah. at that time yeah. well, <laughs> also, she said in the beginning she was put in a convent and or she was in the convent and she got her first communion or something and they were like their, her family was religious and then she just was like okay. i can't do this and so like yeah mm. i mean it's definitely her dad's connections that allow her to be more um uh, like independent but at the same mm -hmm. time like it does feel like there it, it's starting to be like there are more uh roles and um i guess professions open to women in in these societies yeah. I, I mean the the uh, salon uh you know which was actually a really nice uh you know example of how a salon show would look uh, at that time at the end of the film uh you know did have some space for women but not a whole lot and you're right because because it was very limited and you know the, the, there were all those kind of rules put in place also, the interesting thing too is the um, uh, uh, the the, the uh, arts uh, class at the beginning was very not uh, like how the uh, the classes were taught back then. Um, I unfortunately had to go through a uh, art class like that. We had a brilliant painter for a professor in college, and he taught it just like the uh, 
uh, the the schools in uh, France uh, back then, how they, how they taught. And uh, it wasn't that involved. Um, I mean, granted, I don't imagine she'd be sitting there reading a magazine like he was. But um, uh, that that uh, the fact that she she was able to kind of coach people through and, and discuss it like that, um, uh, not not uh, not normally how it's done back then. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, it was a lot more intimate. It feels like kind of it was. Um, she seemed to have a personal rapport with her students, and it, it seemed like it was kind of a more engaged kind of almost yeah. like tutoring situation. Do you uh, think it's because they were all females? It might be actually. Uh, I, she I felt maybe a little more personally invested in helping them. And and I, and I legit, you know, uh, because the the uh, are, there's not that much uh, written on the uh, history of uh, women in art. Uh, you know, like like there's few and far between, uh, mm -hmm. and it's it's a shame because uh, the few that do actually pop up throughout history are, are phenomenal uh, artists. Mm -hmm. um, uh you know but and this, uh, this movie makes me wonder even more about that because you know i mean she she makes it clear like hey i had to put this painting up under my father's name like as if it was something he painted and i yeah. wonder if that is also a common thing right like there are paintings that were painted by women that were in the family of of the artist and uh, or, well a lot of times too like before that they, they were um uh set up as workshops so so like uh for example some of leonardo da vinci's earliest paintings were actually painted under his master's name uh so so it's kind of a uh a similar idea like, like uh i i think uh at this point in time they're kind of moving away from that uh into the uh salons and the uh, uh i think it's salon style school if i remember the name correctly off the top of my head um mm. but uh the, the, there's there's actually a lot of stuff you can actually read about how those schools worked back then that that's actually kind of interesting um because like a lot of it is just like one-on-one -on -one critiques and group critiques is how they how they do it um which which is fine uh but sometimes it helps to see the artist you know like like learn from another artist by seeing them do their craft which is why i always enjoy watching people paint which you get to see a lot of in this movie mm -hmm. you hear all the sounds of it too i like I, you yeah. guys were talking about the sound earlier like i really like after i watched it i just like didn't listen or look at anything after that i was like i'm just gonna hear all the sounds that are just that happen <laughs> from like this project that i'm working on and it was like this really um Zen experience. So like it I found that kind of inspiring. Yeah, so the use of sound is really interesting and throughout the whole thing, just the the like the hollowness. Like you could feel how mm. empty that room was. And like I love this movie because it feels like an eternity to watch and then you remember this is only like 11 days like this yeah. is like a, like a yeah. week and it's a not half even, not even like two weeks yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and they are going through like you're going through all of this emotion but it's still so like paced yeah. like it's paced like a walk like mm -hmm. one step at a time um but then you're just surrounded by these places that are uh either vast or just empty uh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it felt like a college relationship you know like like you know just, <laughs> just that kind of time scale yeah yeah like it was like it's like the summer of love except it's like <laughs> 11 days and a half. the 11 yeah, exactly. days <laughs> <laughs> well, but well, it's, i lesbianism because it's so there, there's it's so deliberate right everything about it is so deliberate that like small motions mean like a lot like they they create like big waves and also i mean not to put too fine a point on but visually I and mean, we've talked about the sound design which i agree is it's, it's astounding I, I, like so many scenes of, of this movie could just be paintings in and of themselves 
Mm-hmm, right because mm-hmm. it's so yeah. this immersive and, and like the colors are so like vibrant and beautiful and like they contrast it's like and, and the paintings are actually good too because like, and the paintings are actually good i, I, yeah, I mean like exactly. how many times have we watched a movie where like like you know it's around about an artist and then they finally get to see their art and it kind of sucks uh, <laughs> yeah <I'm it's>... like, <laughs> you know you know yeah. uh, there, there's a great sander berkeley short film uh called pony and, and i love the movie to death but the end of the film, the whole thing, he's going through like writer's block and he finally writes the song. And it was like, oh, it's great. It's the worst song you've ever heard. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, music in movies is usually the worst for that's that. All, that's also like Barton Fink, right? Like you, they get through it all the way. And then presumably anyway, like his final play or whatever, like his final movie script sucks. Everyone's like, this is terrible. Yeah. Why? No. But yeah. um, I, I like I like what, what Conan said, though. Um, about how each thing could feel like a painting because they they reference it in this, right? Like uh, your presence is made up of fleeting moments that may lack truth. And I think any moment of this, you can pause it and like the the vibes you could get from it or the aesthetic you could get from it is completely different than the rest of the movie. And I kind of find it fascinating. And I think think both of them have like incredible faces for that too. Like the amount that they have to Mm. play with on their face and the emotional state of, you know, uh, the way that they're looking at each other. And so much of this movie really is about the female gaze and um, you know, I I have a clip where they talk about this actually, but like the female gaze, not just as an idea about, um, not just as you know that we're looking through the eyes of of someone, but that both of the main characters are women, and that um, they're looking at the eyes like through the eyes of each other, and you're looking at it through an artist's eyes. So there's like a lot of interplay, I think, between these things. So I have a mm-hmm. clip of them talking about it, and I was just watching it before we before we went on actually. <laughs> nice. I was, um, I remember where I was in my bathroom, in my bathroom, ah, bath tube, huh? bath tube, like the bath tube where you lay. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I was in my bath and I was like, oh my God, this is, this is a, 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 a incredible love story. And in a vision, in a it it, te- it tells an, in a new way, and this way is uh, is something we've missed. Is it's it's a female gaze, and female gaze is is what it, it's it's yeah, it's something we 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 need more. It's it's our story, mm-hmm. our stories, and uh, and and the, this film is all about that. It's all about love and all about art and all about. So worry to you also when I was, this is important to do. Oh, well, I just, to say it like quickly, I was very excited to work on this film because I think that, okay, we have, our goal is very high. So we have a lot to work ahead to actually fulfill it. So I said, I, it's uh, it's more like, okay, now you go, you are on board. Now you have a lot of responsibility because this could be very, this could be great actually. So. Yeah, because I mean, like you said, it's, I mean, it's not just, I mean, obviously it's not just a film about women, but when you say from the, fe- uh, the female gaze, I mean, it's literally from the female gaze because she's painting her. Um, I mean, so it was, it's it's still quite a rarity, isn't it, in cinema? You don't, you don't realise till you see a film like this how yeah. infrequently we see movies yes. of this nature. We definitely. First, it's a movie with almost only women. And it's unbelievable that we we... A lot of people notice the fact that it's only with women because there is so many movies with only men's 
And so it's kind of a new adventure that we propose and a new way of uh, telling uh, and inventing uh, love and, and, and erotism because this movie takes times and it's really about horizontal cases between mm -hmm. the women's and... And so to say, I mean, it's very much like this is a queer story, but I think it's very interesting also, and I'm very glad that you're a man and you're saying this because I think you can take it home and just use it for, I mean, for every, for your own life to invent. Then because I think there's, of course, there's no, there's, it's a proposition, no men in the frame. It doesn't mean we want to erase men first. Just mean that it's just, it's a proposition like for a movie for two hours, you know, it's okay. And, uh, what I mean is, like, I think what's what is the biggest change in this movie is that we are based, as Noemi says, erotism on collaboration, on imagination, and not on a domination that would be most of the time the strongest um, lift, I say, like, for, for erotism would be domination. And in our situation, we're like, equality is actually very exciting, very much more exciting there's much more possibility for you to create for you to investigate all the possibility in life and in art and in sex life as well so. I, I just like love hearing how, them try to speak yeah. english <laughs> <laughs> yes Beth too. i mean just, yeah. i don't know if you all agree but uh to me it was almost like jarring and disruptive when there was a dude on the screen Yes, yeah. Like, yeah, right at the end there. Like, oh, like, oh, oh, dude. There's Very a dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, get out of here. This, mean, is the, this is the girl's house. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get like a spray bottle and chase him away. But, but in a way that like. the pizza guy. They, they hired the pizza. They got the pizza guy from Milan to come in and drop something <laughs> off. But, but the mood is like. You never even see Heloise's husband. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think. Well, and it's interesting that the mood and like the vibes, as said, were are so immersive that like it's it's like being woken up out of a dream almost when you when you see that guy and you're like, ah, this fucking guy, what's he want? Mm -hmm. <laughs> which which sure happens a lot. <laughs> which, by the way, I had to double check. In here? I had to double check this, but uh, Celine uh, was in a relationship with the actress who played Heloise um, from 2014 to 2018. They broke up right before uh, she wrote this movie. That is so, nuts. So this is kind of, I think this movie That's also functions right as there. almost like a, a goodbye to her relationship yeah. in the same way that Marion, you know what I mean? Has to say goodbye to the relationship at the end of the movie. Like, so yeah. it's kind of fascinating knowing that, that backstory wow. to it. Very wow. Poetic. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I mean, not to spoil alert, it's pretty devastating ending. Right. I mean, it's like, Oh geez. Oh, I was weeping. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's like so harsh, but it's like it's beautiful, but it's oh, rough. I, I like the interplay between um, kind of death in this movie. Like, obviously, no, the characters don't die, but like, you know, with, with the shadow of the sister's death hanging over everybody and kind of the ghostly image of what, what do you assume, I guess, throughout most of the movie is like almost like the sister where she keeps seeing her in the white dress um standing in the shadows and then there's that moment where she just takes off running after being in the house and you're like holy shit is she gonna jump off the cliff and she stops short mm -hmm. and yeah the, the, you, you have the same anxiety as a viewer i think that marianne does when she's like well she's like i've always wanted to do that and she's like what like dying and she's like no running 
And you realize like this is someone who's been kind of ca- yeah. like, just, like watching a, a caged bird almost. You know what I mean? Like yep. someone who's uh, delicate mm-hmm. and beautiful, but like has been locked up within a very small space for her entire life to the point where, you know, the convent um, feels feels uh, liberating to her because she's like, well, I can read and I can sing and like listen to music. And it's like, oh, no, this is someone that's never experienced like anything. Um, She's never had a chance to live any life. Yeah, never made yeah, it. And I, I did want to ask Marina about this. This is a would you call classify this as a uh, uh, what is it? A gothic horror, in a way. Mm. As a professional wood nymph. <laughs> yeah, because well, I mean, gothic horror does not mean what people think it means. So, so like you know, I know you're the literary person here. So, so what does it mean? Yeah, I'm not that much into literature, okay. but. <laughs> I, I know um, you read a lot, so. yeah. and, and you are a literary character. It feels it just it feels like the like it's it just feels very like classically like lesbian the just yearning, and like I said, it just this this it feels like it's like a slow burn, but you're like this is eleven days, but it's just it it feels like now that I have the context that this was basically like written as an ode to this woman's relationship with the main actress um you can it feels like it, it just feels so intense um yeah. so i don't know I, I would say it feels more like the romantics of the you know of the yeah, time heard, period uh, that they're modeled after i've heard know? some 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 lesbian couples get engaged within 11 days but i don't know yeah, that is true <laughs> that is true there second date engagement lesbians. yes mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah i mean there's also a lot of romance and so uh and uh you know gothic horrors like, like it's um yeah the, the horror comes from like that that whole mood about like the the death of the sister and the mm-hmm. the whole kind of like uh you know first act kind of setup of stuff um but then it goes in a very different mm-hmm. direction uh because sometimes they're a little more psychological sometimes i i um uh i'm not an expert on this subject but uh, i thought she might be since you read a lot more than i do oh no i don't read that much <laughs> i mean, I mean it's, it, to me it just kind of seems like a, a deep classic romantic drama like like a yeah. like a, do- a doomed one but like it doesn't i mean i don't see anything i don't see anything about that at all frankly like it, it but like in a way that I think there's a, a style of that kind of story that has certain things that people fall back on as like narrative function and uh, crutches. This doesn't have any of those. And that's one of the things I like so much about it. Is, and it's, again, it's visually immersive. It's the, the sound is immersive. The performance, mm-hmm. like everything about it kind of wraps you in its world. And little things mean a lot. I know I've already said that, but it's just per- so pronounced that I, I was blown away uh, having this is the first uh, uh, Celine Siama. Is that how you say it? Celine Siama. Yeah. Uh, I was not familiar before this, but like, oh, my God. Like what? Like, I'm, I'm like, all right, I've got to watch all the rest of them now because I mean, it's it's some pretty incredible filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Attention to detail is yeah. the attention to detail is yeah. insane. It's insane. Yeah. It's like every moment is so carefully curated and like yeah. what what are you really wanting your audience to notice and see and experience and she yeah 
I guess the one thing that I would say about, um, I don't know if it's gothic horror or whatever, but like uh, connecting it to like the story of like Orpheus and Greek mythology and kind of this uh, mythological tale that's like as old as time, right? Like the first real, mm-hmm. like one of the first real, um, at least written down stories of one of these tragic love stories, you know, like he looks back at the last second and she gets drawn back away from um from him and brought back down to Hades and it's like uh mm-hmm. you know that kind of connection I could see that I don't think that it really per- pervades throughout the movie to the point where I would say it's something gothic but it does have that um like that story as old as time or yeah uh, uh, I mean like the thing is is Jane Eyre for example is a, is a gothic horror um and that first act very much plays out a bit like Jane Eyre hmm. I could see that yeah yeah, you know, it, it veers from that after the first act, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the the setup of it is is a bit like a gothic horror, and then goes off into um, uh, you know, into a love story, uh, you know, a robot mm-hmm. doomed romance. Yeah, I mean, Heloise was not; she would not be allowed to go. She was barely allowed to go outside by herself. You know, like yeah. she was very much like trapped there. Yeah. yeah. And and I, what do you guys think about um, including the, uh, you know, they have the, I think Sophie is her name, the the servant girl that kind of manages their manner, and for her to get um, pregnant, and obviously you never see the the guy that she's with or whatever. She's she's very young though, and to kind of include like um, her trips in between, I think I feel like that's not a story that's been told at all. Like uh, kind of how abortions would have been done in in you know the seventeen eighteen hundreds. Sure. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. the only other thing I know that has that is the Bible. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, there's a bit of time That's the only book I've ever read, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that, especially for right now, considering what politically is on the line for us, like yeah. it's really interesting to hear, like I've been hearing more about the, the history of abortion and um, where they were saying in the the leaked like argument or whatever that they that it wasn't like a historically like it wasn't linked to our like country's traditions and um and then like hearing all the different ways in which it actually is but it just wasn't like talked about in like common you know in in like those male circles they didn't talk about that stuff so for like all the men who were making laws and being politicians and running things like it wasn't but for the women who were living through those times, like it definitely was a thing that happened and that they knew about and knew how to do. And um, yeah. so I just, I think that's really interesting. The whole subject of like, oh. like old ways of abortions. That sounds really yeah. interesting to me. Yeah. Oh, I was, Marina was going to say something before we all interrupted her. So I was... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say anything. Um, Just that it, it uh i was trying to think if i had seen another kind of abortion but no i was getting it confused with the little hours which is like another kind of like uh, yeah. almost like women own well it's like mostly women like two male characters uh, but where it's this like kind of a, a different kind of look at the mundane life of of people in the past and that yeah like abortion was a very common thing because pretty much every plant that you could eat or every like herb that you could get a hold of could be used as an abortifacient like chamomile and basil were um like pretty common abort or abortifacients you know, back then 
Well, and certainly like the argument could be made that being a woman, just living your life and just being there, like you could be taken advantage of at any moment and there's no consequences absolutely for anyone. Not that there's a whole lot in place now, but <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, better I guess, now, yeah. but yeah. You know, marginally like, better now. Yeah. You're, you're literally property as a human being. Yeah. So yeah. Know, and and the ways that the ways that you could um, be, you know, someone could be taken into account is as if someone had harmed property and not as if someone had like violated the, you know, the sanctity yeah. of a human being. And right. so for that kind of to, um, like it's it's interesting. The only kind of real class dynamic that we see in this movie is, uh, you know, Sophie, who's the servant, um, who's the one that gets pregnant, and that's like a different, uh, a different, I think, dynamic. I think than someone who's kind of kept in the house, like um, like Heloise is, or someone who's even allowed to kind of wander the mm -hmm. streets as long as they're in the right place to paint, like Marianne is. Like um, the, the, her ability to get an abortion, I think, is a lot more, uh, you know, I guess almost ironically, like. Uh, she has a lot more ties to like the actual outside world, I think, because she's in a position where people aren't really looking out for her, but it also makes it a lot more dangerous. And I think that yeah. they show really well that like they, ha they have her like running from between them and then they have her like hanging from the ceiling. And like, I, I can't see the other two characters, you know, like putting themselves through that. It's like a, I don't know. It's like a different form of property in some ways, I guess. Well, uh, Marianne had had one. She says at one point that she had been pregnant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but I'd assume that her the her version of that would be a lot uh, safer, um, oh. not a lot safer, but like you know what I mean. Like it seems like like uh, you know the servant so. girl doesn't really have access to things as much, and they have to go to kind of like this midwife's uh, like kind of sketchy place, and she's like like placing stuff in there, and like it's, I, I would assume that maybe there's more medical professional. Ism, I guess, and I think no, at that time that it would have been, been safer been... go to, to go to that lady. Yeah, that's yeah. Really? it was yeah. more likely that, that you were going to a midwife than it was yeah. like a male doctor. Yeah. Like, were men even allowed to watch births happen at that point in time? Yeah, like, because I don't know. so even if like, they were doctors for a while, they weren't allowed. So, to. like the great book that everybody should read about, like uh, the history of like criminalization of abortion and witchcraft, because it goes hand in hand together. Mm. Is that like mm. a lot of women that were um, executed for witchcraft were actually people that were practicing like herbal medicines that were giving like the like like a the idea that like witches were eating babies or like using babies in rituals comes from the fact that a lot of these women were killing off fetuses through abortions and that's how the church like turned it into this whole thing and so yeah the traditional role for a lot of women in communal like uh situations would have been the midwife or like the caregiver the person to like go to for like sexual health advice mm -hmm. um so it really yeah it it Maybe it may not have actually been common to have a woman at that time because it had become it had been outlawed like with by like the 16th century. It was very uncommon um, to have women as like doctors because um, they were all killed off. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't necessarily <laughs> trying to say doctors. I meant like, I guess with a little bit more. Well, I don't know. I guess I was just wrong, but <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, at that point, it would have just been like the the one lady in town that knows how to do it. If you have a lady in town that knows how to do it, otherwise, the men are not going to do it for you. Like the doctor that you yeah. go see in a, a in a in like a 
clean by that standard back then would have been like covered in blood clean. and shit and feces. Yeah. <laughs> clean. He's Still not washing yeah. his hands. He's yeah, and half of what prison. they were doing was like bloodletting. Like half of what they yeah. would like, they'd be like, we need to take out this much blood. And, Your humors uh, are all wrong. The bile. I don't know. Just make the We're going to triffinate just for good Squeeze measure. Squeeze until yeah. the goo <laughs> comes out. I want to see the goo. I was, uh, We're just going to drill into your skull for the hell of it. It's just what we do. It's preventative. I was reading yeah. about... Uh, it's fine. <laughs> I was reading about how George Washington died, which, you know, we think about America as oh, being yeah. more, more civilized than, than uh, like... Uh, you know, than than the rest of the world almost by that point because they're like, oh, we have enlightenment ideas. No, no they took out like a shitload of his blood, and he because, probably died from fucking blood poisoning. Well, he died from bloodletting because they were taking out all of his blood after they injected his penis with mercury because yeah. he had syphilis. <laughs> That's I how they used to treat the syphilis mercury right to the uh, pee. This has taken a very a dark bit. turn. No, so what I'm, what I'm saying is like, what I'm saying is like med medical professionals were not really uh up to up to any standards no probably well. not up to code i would try i would trust the like random french lady with the baby on the mattress with me getting the abortion over like a male doctor back then any day yeah. of the week yeah, it's yeah. gotta be so weird to be having an abortion penis. and looking at a child okay. I think that, yeah, that had to have been, like, that was such a, oh, yeah. like, gut-wrenching scene where you're just, like... Mm -hmm. Although, isn't that basically <gasps> what, they, what, they, what they try to do with all of this, you know? Well, we can't actually make it illegal, so we're just going to make it as, like, emotionally damaging and terrible as possible and make you feel like a horrible piece of shit the entire well, maybe time. She was the early, maybe she was one of the earliest uh, anti-abortion activists kind of people she would bring them in there and she'd be like are you sure you want to have this abortion look sure. at this child that i love i mean have you have you all seen you never i know the baby was no choice though she was trying to gouge out her eyes <laughs> have you seen uh was it never rarely sometimes always uh oh i haven't seen it yet but yeah i know what you're yeah i know a little bit about it really really good but harsh toke Let's put it that way. And I don't want to take us any more off topic than we already are, which I know would be difficult, but uh, <laughs> hey, Sam, not really that far off topic. I mean, the question we're talking about George Washington's penis right. being injected with mercury, though. I but mean, the, that's but we were talking awesome. about it in terms of what for medical women's rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's women's, women's rights to inject George Washington's penis with mercury. Yeah. Yeah. There's, a couple, there's a couple of people I, that definitely deserve it. Let's put it this way. I just, George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Most well, relevant, actually. Can you go? Okay. <laughs> I, I think, like, okay, to bring it back toward the movie, like, I, I just sorry, I just really like the movie. So I want to talk. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great fucking movie. I'm excited oh, we're talking about it. Like, yes. um, just thinking about like how intense their their like like gazes, like looks at each other, like, yeah. and how like everything just being so like kind of drawn out, like. It takes, it feels like, like Marina was saying, it takes for, it feels like it takes forever, but it's also like, oh, this is only 11 days, like this yeah. whole period of time. Oh, and like, just you're thinking about how, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. how you're watching, like, um, or how they, like, you know, women were still like considered property in many ways at this time. And like the fact that they, like, like if you, if you, like, I mean, it's kind of unclear if either of them is like, fully gay or whatever but like i mean if I'm you curious, are interested in matters yeah <laughs> well, i mean yeah it doesn't really matter but like if you're interested in someone of the same sex or gender as you like how like how many chances do you get to actually connect with somebody else yeah it's not in like in a, life. 
and not at least not in like an exploitative like you know someone's like your your servant or something like that and some like like on an equal level too like on a on a level where it's you know two people connecting and there isn't like a power disparity not that they would have thought about that at the time but like it is it's it's interesting that it is a fully uh like you know consensual and non-exploitative relationship i think whereas mm -hmm. we kind of focus a lot on uh exploitative relationships in this time period but i also think that you know marrying somebody at this time because women were kind of considered property it's a financial contract rather than like about mm -hmm. love right and so this is a love yeah. story between families yep yeah, yeah. So, this is a, so this is a love story at a time when love wasn't even kind of part of the equation into um mm -hmm. what these relationships would have been right but totally. think about like like engaging in any way shape or form is a danger right because it could be i don't know like, rich people were doing gay shit all the time well okay sure like it, it was like, a danger if you if you were working like you couldn't you couldn't be together exclusively but it was yeah. kind of like well known that in a lot of like wealthy like bourgeois circles and you like with the you know like you see like cafe culture and later on with like virginia wolf and her you know her yep. whole thing like she was fucking every like woman that like came through oh, their best friends they live <laughs> their best friends like yeah girl yeah. <laughs> more power friends, to you that's a 500 page novel virginia yeah. um, but, but so it's like it's that's i guess that's how i'm like gonna sleep at night like <laughs> is that she probably got to fuck other like rich like ladies because they were just like rich people made those rules so that they could tr control poor people because it's like yeah. it's a problem for mm -hmm. um you know the 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 servant girl to have uh, an abortion um, because <laughs> that's like another poor person for them to own. Um, but you know, the, the other, the, the women with a little bit more like uh, mobility are like, yeah, <laughs> I got abortions all the time. I've been fucking all, all over the place. Like, yeah. yeah but, but also I I think when she was like, Oh, I had to wait for the mist, the misses to leave so I could take care of this. Yeah. yeah. But I, and I think it's also, um, I mean, it, it does come down to like the property thing, but also just, I, I feel like this is kind of a moment in time right before that, like kind of salon cafe style culture started kind of uh, emerging because th this feels like, you know, women are kind of able to get the, the first gasp of, uh, of freedom, right? Like, like liberation of some kind. And, and it is down to like, oh, well, you know, your father's an artist, so you can also become an artist and train this way. But like, it does feel uh, like it's opening up. And I think this movie does a really good job kind of showing that because mm -hmm. she's like, she's like, listen, I've been around to like, I've been allowed as like an upper class kind of uh, member of, I guess, gentry circles to like be able to go to Milan and France. But then the, but the other woman, uh, you know, Heloise hasn't even heard music. Like, you know what I mean? Hasn't even ever heard an orchestra. Okay. So it's like this kind of uh, like liberation versus um, I guess autonomy versus like kind yeah. of uh is there mm -hmm. a does she have a father who uh heloise or is her mother mother a presumably widow? it sounds like her mom's doing all the business dealings right because that's what that, it, which it's may like be a, customary i don't know it, right it but it's like an interesting it would be like an interesting just like uh tidbit of information to know because i don't think that i caught it just because it's like how do um like how do women contribute to the social reproduction and like if her mother does have access to wealth like she's still like uh, like could just let her daughter do whatever but is still uh, like uh going for this um 
uh, keeping up appearances. Like I'm still going to like marry off my daughter so that I still retain power and, and like people would, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but it's not, that's not clear. Presumably the uh, mother does have a husband because um, when, like in the description of the movie, she's referred to as like the countess. So presumably her uh, father is some kind of count, like nobleman or something. But that doesn't yeah. mean that the father is overly he alive because he's, yeah. he's he's not dead. He's not dead. Rec- it's not he wouldn't be dead recently enough for them to comment on it or he's alive and just like doesn't exist, which yeah. is awesome. I love a movie where they were just like the men don't have names. Yeah. Well, like when she like- walks in at the end and she's just like he's just like, oh, <laughs> oi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like well, I said, it's like, jarring, right? It's completely jarring. With that, and you're like, oh, this, oh, what's this guy want? Yeah. When the guy's oh, okay. sitting at the kitchen so, table eating food and uh, Marianne yeah, comes yeah. in the house and the guy's yeah, sitting there, it's like, like oh. what's he doing here? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so on a, on a, it's an article from uh, WBUR, and it says the widow's daughter. So Boston. presumably, uh, yeah, the father would be dead. Okay. And that's why. Uh, uh, just, just for example, oh, okay. uh, 100 years okay. later, um, there's a famous painting by uh, John Singer Sargent called uh, Portrait of Madame X, I, b- I believe it's called, or something along those lines. It's a gorgeous painting. If, if you've uh, mm-hmm. uh, not ever seen it, highly recommend checking it out. It, it's, it's one of his best. But um, uh, she was the daughter of a uh, plantation owner and general of uh, the Civil War. And uh, her uh, after he died, um, her mother took her to Europe and... Uh, she was like the the the, the queen of Europe because everybody was just like, oh, she's got this American accent and you know, but she's old money and and that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, there, wow, there's books gorgeous. written about uh, 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 you know that this woman and stuff like that. But the, that painting is like like this this a uh, big artifact of it. And a um, uh, hundred years after this movie, uh, the mother still had that kind of power, trying to marry off the daughter. To still have because because remember you know they, they were southerners uh, who owned plantations so they lost their their you know a lot of their property um, uh, in that uh, they they weren't making as much money doing the um, uh, the sharecropping uh, so so uh, you know they're out in Europe um, trying to marry her off into money. Imagine that when you pay people for their work, you don't make as much money for yourself. Funny, that, yeah. <laughs> no, this that painting is gorgeous. I just wow. looked it up. And I kind of want that dress she's wearing. Yeah, and John Singer Sargent really wanted to bang her. Not surprised. Oh, okay. Not Andy surprised. explains. This, uh, this is a story brought to you like. by J. Andrew Rose. Hey, but yeah, it's art history, so it's kind of sort of related. Marginally um, on topic. True. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah, no, and you learn a lot of stuff about society. <laughs> I think through art history. Seems like and, and I good. think I think that that kind of helps me understand this movie a little bit. Yes, there we go. Yeah, look at that. It's gorgeous. You're right. Oh, wow. I can see how she could be the talk of uh, all of Europe. For sure. I mean, the detail they of her were face. Probably like just stunned by the fact that she has a chin and a jawline. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and not a Habsburg one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, no, she has like a full blown like set of features. Oh my I mean, God. Yeah, look and- at that figure. Also, that that dress was very oh, kind of revealing for the time too. So, so like it was, uh, uh, it, it was it was like people were in shock when they saw this at the salon. Mm-hmm. Isn't there? Scandalous. Wasn't there like a the thing? Salon. Absolutely <laughs> devastating. Mm. Was wasn't there a thing where like somebody like went to like an award show, uh, like 
like basically as close as you can get to that portrait as possible. Wasn't that like a thing like some some time ago? Do you, anyone else remember this? Probably. Nope. nope but award shows be doing. It, some it may have been the Met Gala because they do ah. all oh, kinds of fun they stuff. Do like, yeah, they're right. Yo, they did the Met Gala them. this year. Did uh did fucking Gilded Age and had they and looked, saw no saw no irony me. about having every single <laughs> millionaire like like millionaire celebrity dressing up. At the most, uh, you know, uh, economically devastating. It was Kate Blanchett, by the way. It was Kate Blanchett, and that was 100% oh, correct. Oh, she's allowed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, well, we, Kate, we, we, we approve. She's <laughs> gorgeous mother. and awesome, you know, so okay. <laughs> yes, Rita's mother, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> but, Sorry, uh, of course, I know you're prepping a clip, yeah, but well, I thought that so was very is- important. This is uh this is a clip about working with the artists in preparation for this. So I want. Well, to I don't want to see it. I'm just kidding. I want to <laughs> go ahead and play it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, I won't do that again. I promise. Preparation that you did, especially in terms of the choreography of a painter. Yeah, that that was uh, a, a big part of the preparation was uh, working with uh, before the shooting, working with Hélène Delmer, who is the person who is. Uh, in real the paintings, the paintings that you see in the movie. I'm sorry, it's not me. I wish, but I did more like portraits of uh, Louise, uh, more like Bacon or uh, Picasso, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Even more because I'm uh, left-handed and Hélène is right-handed, so it was really dis- destroyed. <laughs> uh, but um, no, what I did is observe a lot, Hélène, before the shooting and try to catch the gaze of the painter, uh, the gaze of the artist, because I kind of made a mix of Hélène's gaze and Céline's gaze, because I think a painter as all artists has this particular gaze, which is really concentrate gaze, really mystic also, uh, which is a mix of looking and observe the details, the contrast, uh, for a painter, and also have a more global vision of what you do and what you want to share. Um, and I, I, I was really trying to catch this. Uh, and then there is all the technique and the gesture and the rhythm of the the painter uh, between the model and the canvas. And you know, it's three steps back, three, three, three steps towards the canvas. This kind of the dance of the painter that I was trying to catch also. So when I saw the film Atelieride, and I, I met you there. Um, so after I saw the film there, I was going online, I was doing some research about the film. And I think it was at the press conference at Cannes, you mentioned that this is a love story with equality. And that really like kind of got to me. What did you mean by that? What do you elaborate on that? Because it was such a beautiful description of this movie. Yeah, the, the movie is trying to depart globally from the narrative of conflict. Uh, and, and the dramaturgy of conflict and wanted to, as it's a story between, love story between two women and that is something that it, that wouldn't have happened if it was a woman and a man, there is no gender domination. Uh, but there is also, we decided not to put any intellectual domination and even though it's uh, a relationship between also a model and an artist and you know, usually we portrait this with the kind of power dynamic. Um, and we also decide, I mean, I, because I wrote it by myself, decided not to 
uh, also push the buttons of uh, social hierarchy. Um, so we have uh, a love dialogue and a creative dialogue that doesn't rely on the dynamic uh, of the on the usual power dynamic that we used to which is the dynamic of conflict. Um, it's also the case for the erotic scenes. They are not uh, based on the eroticism of, eroticism of conflict. Um, what happens when you do that? I mean, it's politically new, so it's new imaginary, so it's interesting. But also new, it brings new tension in the room, um, new emotional journey for you, because it's full of surprise. That's why lies inequality in fiction, and I think also in life, it's that it's full of surprise. You don't know what to expect, because usually we used to see films where um, the scenes are about bargaining. It's a good bargain. That's how we're told to write scenes. You know, somebody wants something, the other one wants something else, and in the end, you will end up, you know, you will end up give, handing the thing. Um, so, yeah, that's what the quality is in the film. Uh Mm, I like that. That's the way of looking at it. Yeah, and I'm looking at the uh, the artist uh, Elaine Houston's uh, paintings, and uh, uh, she she's I think it's a she. Um, at least that's what the photos look like. Um, uh, paints a lot with watercolor, which is weird because those are oils in mm. the film. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, I, anyways, the, are... I had I had a bit because she said that she wanted to do the Picasso thing. So, like, or the painting looked like Picasso. So, I was going to say, imagine if that she unveiled the picture and I got your portrait. <laughs> I would have lost my shit if it looked like that at the end. Like, if she had painted it normally, like, all no. up until, and then that was that was it at the end. That, was the that, like, that is a very different movie, y'all. That is a very oh, different movie. God. But, but you know, like, the entire movie the like that three hours. Every piece of it is exactly oh, the same, except for the room. Reveals it's a Picasso. Yeah, and then, and then you find out it's the story of like a young, uh, like Picasso's daughter or something. <laughs> yeah. Googly eyes, <laughs> googly eyes stuck on the canvas. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Back yeah. to what she was saying. I think that's a that's a very thoughtful and interesting way to look at it also i i feel like and i only saw this movie last year but i feel like uh having read up about it a lot of people were really focused on like quote unquote the female gaze of it all but like it didn't really seem like that was because because of, of course they were but it didn't really seem like the raison d'etre if you will of uh of, of doing the film or where she was like really coming with it was sort of almost incidental and just part of the tapestry i agree yeah. actually i i didn't I mean, when I think about how like male gaze works and all that, like I don't know, I just didn't that didn't occur to me at all when I was watching it. Not neither yeah. the first time nor hornier. the second time. Because <laughs> like female gaze, where I'm like, this is this is like, is it because still I'm female? not horny? It's like not erotic <laughs> enough, and that's like. Like, I don't That's my one critique is like, this is a French movie. It could have been way hornier. It well, smolders like, more than anything, right? I mean, it's yeah. more of a smoldering than it. Or, yeah. or like a longing. A lot of it is, I think there's a lot yeah. of longing to it and a lot of confusion to it. And uh, definitely not, like, I, I feel like until they actually kiss after that bonfire, like, they don't. Like, yeah, really they kiss well, and then they, like, run away. And you're like, too. okay. <laughs> and then they, yeah. like, finally fuck and you're like, 
you don't see any of it, which like I get it, like no male gaze, but it's just not like I don't know. There's just like a well, little. They knew they knew men were gonna watch it, so they said no male gaze. We're not gonna show you anything. We're not gonna let you. We're not gonna let you. A little like it's a slow burn. Just gonna get the armpits. It's like it's a slow burn, but it could have had me a little bit more like like gripping my seat. I don't know. It was just like Pride and Prejudice has you like gripping, where you're like please touch each other. Especially after watching Benedetta. Like watching watching yeah. Benedetta and then watching this, it's uh, you know, the years apart. No one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see that point. I mean, those were hundreds of years apart, right? Because the yeah. plague yeah. was what in the twelve hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. And this maybe, was maybe in the seventeen hundreds. Yeah. Maybe with the plague, uh, you know, going through everything. People just didn't have time to do all this longing and like you know looking at each other. <laughs> well, they, they only lived to like thirty-two. I mean, yeah, and within forty-eight hours, you're but, but covered also, in pustules. It just makes it disgusting. Like, oh, oh my god! Also, you know, Benedetta was directed by Paul Verhoeven, <laughs> which had like you know decapitating Jesus in it, uh, uh, yeah. which was which was awesome. Yo, it was definitely that movie. Horny. Okay, Paul Verhoeven's movie definitely had a very different goal in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was more of a. <laughs> Like, look, and look, look back at our class now classic episode earlier this month of Benedetta for more on this. But like, I mean, he, there's a lot of things there. Like, he's basically a scholar of Jesus as a historical figure. And it shows mm -hmm. as a historical figure, not a religious figure. And like right. the indictment towards like uh, power and institutions on that is just as important as like the non-sploitation that everybody kind of sold it on. But let's mm -hmm. be clear. That's a horny movie, to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but know, we kind of take I... the exploitation out of it, right? Completely. Well, hold on. Eric has now yeah. seen it, so I'm I'm curious as what she was going <laughs> to say next. I haven't seen it now. She did not see it when she was on the show, as she was the first one to admit. <laughs> I had not seen it. I'm sorry. Yeah, fine. Just, what, what... I was like, I just want to join in. I don't care. Um, wait, what is? What am I supposed to comment on? Well, whatever you were going to say before your forced mansplained over you. No, kidding. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna talk about how like when I think about the male gaze versus female gaze and it's probably because I'm female, but like when I think about the male gaze, it feels like a little creepy. It's, you know, there's like, there's a certain yeah. kind of intensity to it where I feel like, um, I don't know. The female gaze feels still like more, um, I can't think of the right word, but there's some, it's there's something that's, that's like less, I'm going to destroy, like, I want to destroy you in a certain weird way. Like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to put into words. Yeah. Cause I, I feel that the Verhoeven film was more of um, a male feminist, like, like as, as feminist, uh, a male director could probably get um, mm -hmm. for, for the most part. And uh, this is definitely like, like there's something a little more tender, a little more raw uh, emotionally. Uh, that, mm -hmm. that well, this this is all like tender and raw emotion. I mean, that's like, that's like, this personified. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, just comparing the two. Like, like yeah. you know, like, like, like yeah. Th this one is, is 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 more about the emotion, the feeling of it. Like, like you yeah. know, you you know, we've all had that relationship, like at at some point in our life, which was like, you know, a week and a half long, but like it felt like a lifetime at the at the moment. Right. And, well, and also, also Verhoeven uh, very much played up the fact that you know she kind of Benedetta kind of adopted uh, her, like had her father pay for the the girl that she was in a relationship with. Yeah who had been like sexually abused for, you know, her entire life to be brought into the convent and then kind of yeah. acted as that figure over That's her. That's some color purple um, shit right there. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whereas, totally. whereas I just in, want someone to poop next to, really. Whereas, yeah. <laughs> whereas in this, they've, they've stripped all of the possible exploitation out of it, all of the power dynamics yeah. out of it, which mm -hmm. I, I don't think all I don't of think the farting that, that yeah. necessarily has done that, right? Like, it's it's not like, uh, it's not kind of bringing somebody in. Like, they're both mutually um, trying to, like, they both mutually realize that they're uh, in love with each other and that um, it, it kind of appears to be on the same plane, I think, completely. Yeah. I think also, like, I think Paul Verhoeven did a really good job with Benedetta, I will say. Um, one thing I realized after I watched it was that it was based on a book written by a woman. Mm, it yeah. was a film made by men, but it was based yeah. on a book written by a woman. So I don't really, know what kind of influence that may have had on them. It's also an academic book, too. So, so you know, it's not like a, there wasn't a narrative in there. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the narrative is from Verhoeven. So, uh, like, the facts and stuff was probably you know, right. And, and, and the story about the, the era was right, mm -hmm. but, but uh, the story itself was a uh, Verhoeven. Okay. Uh, okay. But he does seem funny. like somebody who's very dedicated to like, I want to find out the historical truth and yeah. see oh. like, I, he's I don't got, like a library of crazy. Like it's like, he's, he's, he's like a meticulous researcher where that, mm -hmm. you know, where, where that actually is research and not meaning I looked up at somebody, somebody's video on YouTube and made like, yeah, you have the clips still for us? <laughs> Good on um, you, Paul. <laughs> I have the clips that I have to plug in my hard drive. We can watch it in the after party though. Okay. Talk about it. But, uh, I, I like I like that uh, Verhoeven is also the dude that did Showgirls and like to be talking about him like he's a historical researcher and really this yeah, is yeah. to get to uh, to he made sure to that was very feminist. accurate you know Showgirls uh, director <laughs> Paul Verhoeven sure I mean we don't I wasn't there I don't know <laughs> I, but like back back to this film I think that the portrait of Lady on Fire is really amazing because it manages to be perfectly emblematic of like a romance genre while also kind of transcending it at the same time. Like none of the, like what I consider kind of tired characteristics and tropes are really there. And it's, it's very uniquely paced in that way. And it's paced in such a way that we've, we've talked about it in multiple different, different ways, but of it being like, this is a universe of time in a short amount of time. And I don't think I've seen a movie that portrays that, that works so hard at showing you instead of telling you that. Meaning, uh, literally, the visuals, uh, the, the pacing, uh, the, the, the delivery with the, by the actresses, uh, every piece of it is, is, is there to put you in a vibe, but it's actually telling a story as opposed to something like Drive, which is all vibe. And, uh, you know, whatever. If that's what you're into, cool. I like stories. The story is amazing. <laughs> Coming up next week, Drive. Uh, I, did, I did actually like Drive. I won't it's, fly, fine. But... it's fine. I'm not mad at it. But, like, come on. What can you tell me about that plot? Anything? Nothing? Okay. Cool. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's running around in a car. Great. You don't want to hear it, so I won't. I won't get into I it. I don't. Not really. But, like, but, but this is, like, the opposite of any of that, that, like, it kind of... Like, I feel this is going to seem like a weird analogy, but think about Get Out. Get Out is, like, I think one of the best horror movies in, like, recent years. But it doesn't embody, like, a lot of, like, the tropes of what we think of, of as a horror movie. So in that way, I think this is one of the best romances of, of like, recent years. And one of those reasons why is because it's just, it, it's, there's nothing about it. It's not paced that way. It doesn't have any of the things that you would expect to see. And that makes it more real and it, it makes it more interesting. Yeah, at As no point I, I uh, pushed the uh, the the laptop mm -hmm. off my lap, going, "Oh, it's a kissing movie." 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't because know. Maybe that's Fred just my Savage take on from nineteen eighty six. Maybe that's just my take on it. You told me this wasn't a kissing movie. Is this a kissing <laughs> book? <laughs> um, but but like I think yeah. that that's like I think that that's super key. Like that's one of the things that blew me away. Like really blew me away when I saw this. I was just like, wow, this like this is this is a movie that is literally built different. Yeah, no, it's structured differently. I, I mean, I feel like it's a novel more than anything. Like, I think a no, like novels yeah. have done a really good job, like older novels, like kind of drawing things out and making you feel like you're there and really describing everything that you're witnessing within them. Especially like, I mean, there's been a lot of novels about either like plantation life or like life, you know, in a in certain feudal situations or something that have kind of done a good job with with showing how much time really elapses and uh, how little there is to do and like you know the ways in which the, these characters are like have to interact. And it, it kind of, uh, this movie kind of does, does that too. And I haven't really seen that on film. Um, yeah. But uh, like I said, I, like I, I watched yeah. listed all the rest of her movies. I'm like, I can't, I can't wait to see all the rest of them. If they're even half as good as this one. I'm, Did I'm you guys I, get like a, an Agnes Varda influence feel from this? Oh yeah. 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 Totally. At least. Um, yeah. 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 In a, in a couple key ways for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. What were your I, I would be shocked that you felt it? I mean, a pacing for one thing, like just like you know, like the the very like deliberate uh, pacing and placement. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, like Agnes Varda is was all of her films are like she's not afraid to like let things just play out. Yeah, you know, just play and and like to the point that like other directors are like, okay, that's enough of that. It's like no, no, just, we're gonna go a little further with it, and then yeah. you when you have the right people, something very special happens. And I feel like that's also what happens here. So yeah, and I, and I, I mean, like, yeah. I like what, uh, what Celine said, uh, when she was talking about it saying like, Oh, well, we've been structured to write scenes in a way that's like you, like this character wants this and this character wants this. And I was trying to strip that element out of these scenes, like scene by scene yeah. to try to make it so that, you know, it was on some kind of, um, uh, like cooperative plane rather than being, uh, kind of, you know, characters transactionally, uh, asking for something. Yeah. Wants, wants, needs in it. Yeah. Exchanges. For sure. It's an interesting, interesting concept. Yeah. Strategy. I have, I have one, I have one last clip and then we can go to letterbox one liners, but uh, this is, this is uh, Celine talking about what she wants you to take away from this film and like the last scene of it. And so, yeah. All and I never answer. <laughs> What was it like? How, first of all, how how many times did you shoot it, and what was it like for you to film that? Did, was the music playing while you were filming it, so you could react to it? Tell us about how you filmed that very last scene. Well, it's kind of a secret. <laughs> now we did uh, only three takes, oh. but just one or two were sharp because we had like a big problem of technical problem because there are very few lights and. Anyway, the focus is very hard to do in this scene, so I had to be very to be very focused myself uh, all day long. So we could like so when it when the three minutes are there, you you have to be there. I think I prefer not to say what was happening while we were shooting this scene, just because it belongs to you. Yeah. <laughs> Why no score? Uh, well, it's a decision that I took very early on in the process of screenwriting because um, that there would be no score, no music, which was kind of scary because it's a period piece. So usually it's like 
music all over. And also it's a love story, in every love story as a score um, in cinema or in life. Um, but it was because um, it was because of the reconstitution. Uh, I wanted to put you in the same state of mind to sh for you to share that frustration, that beauty is so inaccessible. Finding a book, you're going to read it three times. Um, and want to hear music, you have to go to church, which explains the success of religion. I don't know if I can make that joke here, but I just did. <laughs> okay, <Sure>. thank you. <laughs> Yeah, once more, it's a matter of so being equal, sharing the experience of these characters. Um, and also, absolutely believing in the power of music in cinema, uh, and that is that when it happens in the film, you'll definitely uh, connect to this idea. Yeah, it's so, it's so riveting and mesmerizing. You just totally get consumed and engrossed by the film. But what kind of, a, of an impact do you hope that this movie makes like, how do you hope it changes the dynamic with the way movies are made and embraced? I hope you feel seen. I mean, the, the movie is all about uh, the power of the gaze, um, the fact that, I mean, you look at the film, but the film is also looking at you. I hope that you feel looked at by the film. And, and in the end, I want you to leave the room thinking about yourself and also your love for cinema, because that's what this final scene is all about. You know, you at first you are... Um, you are like Marianne, you, are, you, you think about Marianne watching Eloise, but at some point you are in a theater seat, Adele is in a theater seat, and you're not watching Eloise, you're watching Adele and Elle performing, you're watching an actress, uh, you're watching cinema, it's cinema unveiling itself, so that suddenly there is room for you, there is room for your own love stories, for your own um, uh, souvenir, uh, remembrance, um, and um, so, yeah, I want you to leave the room full of this story, but also full of your story. Oh, yeah. That woman is brilliant. Holy crap. Yeah, freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to checking out the rest of her filmography. Yeah. Yeah, same. I, I yeah. really like also that she's like, this movie is about the female gaze and like the way that she puts it into that, like, uh, I don't mm -hmm. know, the, the way that she kind of phrased that. Uh, in, in that like in that moment was like kind of awesome. It's in, in the moments, yeah. yeah. In the moments where they, they they actually do play music, like she was she was mentioning, it really hits hard. Like like yeah, exactly. Know. It means more. It, it's yeah. it's like a, exactly. And and that's look. This is gonna seem crazy. A Quiet Place came out like the year before, and Krasinski chickened out and put a freaking score on it. And how oh. much more? How much better would that movie have been oh if my it God. was just? silent except for like the, like you know the sound you know what i did like about that movie there's this bridge right i know, I know. <laughs> you know he comes the bridge but like i secretly hope that krasinski saw this film like the next year when it came out and was like god damn it i could have done it like i hope that he like really like like because it he, he like watching it in his cia briefing he's, he's too busy <laughs> making out with emily blunt yeah no i i, I thought for force for a minute was gonna say chris hayes Saw of a quiet place and decided to move there. Um, <laughs> but that is where that is, yeah, no, that is like right. The like that bridge is in the same area, I think, that Chris Hayes lives in, like that, that part of <laughs> fantastic. The road back so, yeah, the, 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 the point is the, the usage, like what, what she was talking about there, is so brilliant that, like, when there is something there, it hits so hard and and it yeah. like it really works. And it's not like a shtick or anything. It really works. No. Well, I yeah. think I think this um, 
I think I'm sure that Conan, you can relate to this. Like whenever there've been a couple of musicians in particular that I can think of who, when they're playing, it's like, it's almost more about when they're not playing than yeah. when they're playing. Like, um, like Mandy, like Perfect Mandy example. on bass, yeah. for some reason, I'm like, she knows, she knows when to play, but more importantly, she knows when not to play. And like, I feel like Tony is the same way, frankly. I, I agree. I well, agree. We're bass players we play with, but uh, <laughs> like, I mean, it's, yeah, it, no. you're a hundred percent right. No, because that's, that's the beauty of like making really great music. And like, I mean, I think, you know, you're making music, you're making films, like it's both very much a, a work of art. So like, knowing when to do the thing and knowing when not to do the thing like that is yeah. and there's there's brilliant. concepts i mean you know the concept of like diegetic sound and non-diegetic sound within film Diege right? i was trying to think yeah. of that term the other day i'm so, so glad you said it <laughs> so like you know non-diegetic uh sound being the soundtrack and diegetic sound being like the the claps and you know them being in the actual orchestra like it's happening hearing, yeah. in the yeah yeah and this movie did an amazing use of uh of, of diegetic sound to actually put us in, into the space where the characters were i think and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's something that is hard to actually understand like i like you know if you're if you're someone who's writing a, a film and directing it which is what she did um to to be also like uh aware enough to realize where film like where music should be diegetically versus non-diegetically i think is uh, like incredible in this movie mm -hmm. a couple other things i would love to point out or talk about before with the one-liners which i am excited about but for when i <laughs> So I'd seen this movie last year and I rewatched it for this episode that we're doing now. Um, but the point where um, seeing the early paint, the painting from the guy who had shown up to try to paint Heloise and he failed and seeing the point where like her, it looked like her heart was on fire because, you know, the painting was on fire, but it was like right there on her chest. Mm -hmm. And then, and then seeing her dress on fire later on and like this whole like, like all the intense love that happens between them. Um, and then like, I mean, just, oh, some of the shots are just so like really carefully put together. It's just, I, I can't imagine how much work this was. I, I also, I <laughs> also right? the, first, uh, the first scene where she's sitting there naked in front of the fire and smoking the pipe is mm. kind of the most vulnerable. We see her for the first half of the movie, right? Like once she mm. opens up, but like she has to um, play this almost character, right? Of someone who's just been hired to go for walks with her, which is such a sad statement. Like, like she's like, "Oh my god, you hired someone to take me out on walks," but like, like just <laughs> that's the most kind of naked and vulnerable we see her for the first half of the movie, and the rest of the yeah. half, you know, the rest of the movie, um, up to, up till the point where they actually do like you know embrace and stuff. Like she's kind of playing this uh, very stiff character, and you can tell that's not who she is. But she's trying to get information out of her and she feels guilty about it. And so to have that kind of shot and then mm -hmm. and then to have the shot where in the fireplace, the paintings in there and you can see like truly like her heart's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. That and and we've already touched on it, but like the the parallel to the Odysseus and Eurydice story, like, mm -hmm. I mean, brutal, absolutely brutal. And the art criticism at the end, which also kind of speaks to the, the deeper meanings of the of the film that we just watched, you know, which yeah. just was just fantastic. Um, uh, I haven't felt like that since the uh, uh, the the, uh, the the Van Gogh episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy! I cry every single time I watch that episode. <laughs> 
By the way, I do know the episode you're talking about, but oh, Andy. I don't, but I... <laughs> it's beautiful. It really is. Like that, that, that ending is just like, the whole time it's Doctor Who, they're running around fighting monsters, and then at the end, it's just this beautiful ode to... Uh, uh, to Van Gogh and um, mm. uh, Van Gogh gets to hear it in person, like 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 what his legacy is. Van and, Gogh wow. for the polls, and, and it just the, the way it was shot, every, the performance, everything about this moment is just it just hits. It, Did it, really it shift does. all of like the multiverse? Like just changed fundamentally well, at that point. As an artist, it's like it's like how often like like you you want to hear how your work has impacted the world. And yeah, it's pretty nice to know. Van Gogh never got that, even in his lifetime, you know. Uh, that's true. Because uh, so, so, nobody so Van Gogh part... to the polls, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, so that, that's what I really appreciate about that. And then, <laughs> this... <laughs> hey, Marina, do you have any thoughts on, on any of this? Um, Who's your favorite doctor? Andy, Pen. Anyway, um, what's up? I we we're talking about how much we love the movie because I love mm-hmm. like I, I've been trying to like talk about this one part all night and I keep forgetting. So let me talk about it right now. But there's this part it. where where go. it's the scene of Sophie embroidering. And then Marianne is like looking over while Heloise is chopping the like bread. And it's just like, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. The way that it's, it looks like a moving painting. And it re- really reminds me of the, uh, the kind of paintings that like Johan Vermeer made. And there's, there's not that many yeah. of them, um, but they're very like, they were all about just like the kind of mundane daily lives of women. Um, and it just, uh, it just always ma- it makes me think of that, that scene. Just mm. makes me think of like the first time I've ever like saw a Vermeer painting. And it, and it kind of naturalizes over the course of the movie. Like I, I think that a lot of those scenes, because they also have them playing cards. It looks a lot like um, something from like a moving painting, I'd say as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as they get more like naturalized with each other, as they get more kind of uh, intimate, not in the relationship sense, but just in the sense of like being together um, yeah, yeah. and feeling natural and, and having her reveal herself completely. And I, I think that uh, it becomes more and more like a moving painting. So I would agree with that. Yeah, and like the early impressionists kind of did a lot of that kind of stuff too of that, yeah. that era um you know or even uh, i would say uh, argue proto impressionist um which which uh, honestly the uh um th- this movie kind of kind of captures the, the that that uh era which often gets overlooked in art history um but but has some of my favorite pieces i mean i love uh uh in the walters art museum for example i love visiting this one piece where a clown gets stabbed um you know, just normal mon- mundane things happening on the street. The clown <laughs> you know, real slice of life stuff. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no, it was like a duel after the party, and the other guy's getting uh, also dressed as a clown is getting dragged off by his friends and looks like they're all It's a, it's a gorgeous painting. Gotta... <laughs> but but you know, clown gets stabbed. So. I listen. I I I stab any clown I see. We had a, we had a Same. thing for a while here. It's on. Popping up everywhere. And... <laughs> I caught it. Wow. Wow. 
Wow. Do you guys remember where there were these news stories throughout uh, the country of like there were these guys dressed as clowns that would pop I up? I saw them. I remember yeah. that happening. Yeah. I saw the clowns. You you saw them with your own eyes? I saw clowns. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, where mm -hmm. do you live? Well, this was in Santa Cruz. Oh, okay. In California. Mm. So. No, I know. Yeah. Like juggalo yeah. behavior. It was weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, 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 I wasn't going to say the word, thing. but. You said Santa. They Cruz were juggalos. Yeah, they were. Well, Two yeah, things come to mind: hippies. They were juggalos. Yeah, they were juggalos <laughs> that were taking advantage of the like clown yeah. sightings. Has anyone ever noticed how much the uh, Toyota Forerunners, the white ones, look like juggalo faces? Oh my god, you're so right. Right? <laughs> how come Ooh. no one's talking about this? <laughs> gotta, Every time I, gotta... I see a white Toyota Toyota Forerunner, I'm like juggalo face. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, throw let's it on the it. screen. Let's, 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 this seems like classic <laughs> after party stuff. But okay, sure. but then let's, let's, see let's talk about it the after party then. We can um, do letterbox one. All later. right. Letterboxd is a place for film. It is a uh, open source democracy. Everybody gets to have their say. Not just the Siskels and Eberts of the world. People, film lovers that are people get to talk about the movies they love, the movies they didn't love, the movies they were fascinated by, the movies they were weirdly thirsty and or horny for. All of this is, of course, best expressed for the purposes of this bit anyway, in the classic working on your tight five one liner format. Get in, get out, make your observation, get on with your life. Open source democracy. These are the letterbox one liners for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, my God, I love them. I wish lesbians were real. Oh, same. 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 <laughs> this movie is an attempt to this movie is an attempt to bring the mythical lesbian to screen for the first time in the hopes that they will uh formulate yeah we're working on it <laughs> oh to be gay in france by the ocean oh, <laughs> oh truly vibes mm-hmm Great movie. My therapist will be hearing about it. All right, Angela. I see you. We see you, Angela. Damn. I think shoving my hand into a blender would hurt less. <laughs> and yet they gave it four and a half stars. Yeah, you know, but also the, the I appreciate the tag here. Here come the waterworks. That's good. Yeah, I think they meant the emotional impact of the movie rather than the having yeah. watched art <laughs> maybe they just didn't like the the art of uh digital filming and appreciate the uh the older type of cameras which capture things very differently than than uh digital film and, and they never mind all right joe biden let's, okay let's I, I had a bit and i'm just like this isn't working let's go on forget about the bit. just a couple of gal pals mm-hmm that's uh that's the takeaway of everyone else from from this that didn't watch the the rest of it Ideal level of horny. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they were I disagree. <laughs> they should have been fucking like day two. Yeah, they waited. They waited so long. They waited until uh they got the six mm -hmm. extra days. Like that's mm -hmm. uh that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, but here's how this movie can still win best picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl is one of their tags. <laughs> this is this was a this is deeply this was uh, the parasite year by the way is when I also like bra right. yeah oh, like bra this came out a couple Dreamed. months before parasite did so it got kind yeah. of overshadowed 
it was Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jojo Rabbit. Like it was a it was a tough year. Fuck all yeah, those movies. And, this one. And I kind of I, I completely missed this uh, movie even existing. So there you go. <laughs> Too busy watching Ford versus Ferrari, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think I've never seen that. Oh yeah. that's the same. Well, one. Watch me watch it tonight. Oh, maybe maybe it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, yeah, I too. I too enjoy a pipe smoke naked in front of the fire. That's TMI, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool when you do it, Greg. <laughs> yeah. No one has asked you, Greg. <laughs> Nobody wants Wait, to see that, Greg. I can't see how hot he is in the picture. So, yeah. yeah. We'd have to really zoom in to figure out if we want to see that. <laughs> anyway, those are the worst words. <laughs> Use your Are imagination. Because you okay, I'm, I guess I'd see that. Yeah. Great getting potentially roasted on a show he probably doesn't know he's on. Anyway, those are the letterboxed <laughs> one-liners for Portrait of Lady on Fire. Mike's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I dated a Greg once. Wouldn't that be something? That that would indeed be something. Aaron. Did he did he sit in front of the fire uh, naked with his pipe? I never saw him do that. He was pretty lame. All right. It was high school. You, you know. You can follow the show, Moving to Extravaganza, which is your host, Forrest, over there. Uh, please do so. I, of course, am Kona Neutron. You can follow me as well. Uh, I'm all over the Letterbox site. Another person all <laughs> over the Letterbox site is Mr. J. Andrew World. This way. I always do that. Uh, who's watching all of the, I don't know, baffling? The most baffling I can't point movies. to you, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I'm baffled sometimes why I'm watching a film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here I am watching Alien versus Predator Requiem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, 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 I, I am baffled by that. Yeah, that that's great. Uh, right about now, too. Uh, Erica Strout also on the letterbox, not as active as some, but active, more active than I, some. Than okay, some folks. I started out real strong, and I'm 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 coming back. It's okay. It's not like it's a. It's not like a requirement. I'm going to fire you I from the look, show if you. If I worked. You <laughs> I worked zero in January, so I had a lot we're of. Time we're going to dock your pay. Yeah, to watch sci-fi films. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, Marina, I don't. I I think you're very no. busy on other places yeah. of the internet. I, I just, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I don't watch movies. No. I respect that you're standing your ground, ma'am. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that was that was that was from the uh, letterbox uh, letterbox sponsories. <laughs> that that was a great dismissal. That you're like, no. <laughs> like, I love it. She's like, I can't, like, I can't do another no, app. I yeah. can't no. do another website. But normally, no, we're not be doing really, that. Uh, guess to, to join, but we're not going to with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, J. Andrew World is going to take us away with the plugs. Yes. If you are watching us right now on the Twitch, um, the Twitch. I don't know why I the said the Twitch. The Twitch. All right, Grandpa. The Twitch, yes. <laughs> well, you didn't even get to a sentence when I started roasting him. Man, um, I don't even have my list up because I forgot to do that. But Well done. Oh. Yeah, you're too busy talking about Doctor Who episodes, huh? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, uh, subscribe if you can. Uh, that, that, uh, that helps us out. And if you happen to have an Amazon Prime membership, you can subscribe to our channel for free. And uh, we'll love you for that uh, either, either way. So, um, you Who know. Who doesn't please... have one of those? Yeah, I, I actually don't, but that's okay. Oh, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I would say it. Okay. Just sound like a sassy thing to say, and you went for it. I appreciate that. I love it. Yes. Um, also, if you're uh, watching us over on YouTube, do the YouTube things, like, subscribe, comment, hit the bell, 
And uh, one kind of important thing to let us be discovered by other movie fans, watch the video to the end. Um, I know that that sometimes is a big ask, but you got that great song by Code of Neutron that's going to play right at the end. So there you go. Um, yeah. If if you uh, don't appreciate using your eyeballs, if if they're just tired at the end of the day, maybe, maybe you want to go off and uh, uh, work out. There, this podcast is available in audio form, and you can uh, you know, find it on uh, wherever you get your podcast. So please rate and review uh, wherever that might be. I'm going to rate you one star better on that bit than it was last time. Yeah, I'm working on it. It's it's gonna... because when you first said if you don't like using your eyeballs, I'm like, what is he? What? Like I didn't I didn't quite get it, but it, you're kind of like, oh, you don't know. No, it's you're moving towards like the podcast. All right, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was for, for the record, I was with you. Yeah, it was. You didn't hear him do I, it last time. It was pretty no. wrong. Anyway, yeah, 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 he, he just went. He just went. It's the first time. <laughs> He's like, if you don't like using your eyeballs or you know whatever, <laughs> you don't like looking at us. <laughs> I also try to be. I like being encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. That's not my role on this show. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but we also have a Patreon. Uh, with the Patreon, you can have access to the after party shows forever. And is everyone coming on for the after party? Oh, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. 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 Marina? Mm, I have got to go eat. No pressure. Something. No pressure. That's okay. fair. <laughs> yeah. Sad, but fair. It's fair. <laughs> Sad, but fair. All I have to do tomorrow is fly to Milwaukee. So. Yeah, exactly. They go into that's it. it. Yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. else. Not even one other yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're practicing uh, the merch table tonight. By the way, it's a real. I uh, got a real evening planned ahead of me. Uh, Wait, and once you're done, oh, oh sorry. Oh, we can talk about it in the after party. We'll yeah, 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 that's fine. Yeah, we, we can talk about. Yeah, let's talk about Conan though, um, because Conan, Conan has has a great show called Protonic Reversal. Um, uh, wait, I uh -huh. can't remember. I'm sorry. You know, my move is. Uh, Gotten me confused. Uh, did you do you have an episode uh, this week? Hell no. We're gonna be on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably uh, um, pick some from the archives. I don't know what yet. But. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna pick something uh, to recommend me. to people. So I guess I'll go with um uh since he did an album based on a French singer, uh Mick Harvey was uh, interviewed at once. Um and it's a good episode. Uh, yeah, I know. From and uh, gave in the bad seeds, birthday party, uh so many, so many great bands. Uh yeah. Crime of the City Solution. Yep. Uh, he was I, in his sweatpants when I interviewed him, but I did not use the video because I didn't want to destroy his image. So, <laughs> but I saw Mick Harvey in his sweatpants, y'all. The internet is not all bullshit. But but uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm going to recommend people track that in that episode because that's. Uh, I, I said I still haven't listened to it, but probably after I move on. <laughs> but I'm sure it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's I mean, it's here? Mick Harvey. So you know how, how bad could it be? It is. It actually is. But it's just hilarious. He still won't listen to it. <laughs> uh huh. Um, but, uh, you know, Conan also makes music himself, uh, not just talking to yeah, musicians, um, uh, such as the, the, uh, new album, Dangerous Nomenclature, uh, which you can find on his band camp. So if you Google search or, or whatever your chosen search engine may be, do a um, goog. Yeah. You can go ask Jeeves all about it. Yeah. Ask Jeeves <laughs> and he will take you, you know, band camp, Conan Neutron, Conan Neutron, and, uh, it'll, it'll get you there. You go to bing.com. <laughs> and then and then search google search nomenclature by conan neutron and see what happens how do i get to duck duck go <laughs> um but you can also subscribe to protonic reversal um uh on youtube oh yes. except the patreon there's a patreon for for protonic yes. reversal Give and you get money. the episodes when there's a new episode 
a day early. So uh, that's, or at least, uh, at least a day early. <laughs> Almost more like a week early at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but uh, true. Sh- All yes. those things you said are true. And, and the YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Get- <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I don't, I don't know you. Okay, I don't know. You want to talk? On, we can talk about it if you want. We can talk it out. Fantastic. Fantastic. Why all the hate? It's great. Yes. I don't. I, I, know, I have no notes. Excellent I'm not comment. saying that I hate you. I just don't know. I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> Who is this Greg person? I, don't know. <laughs> I like his attitude. I, I do want to actually. I have a uh, one sort of a. Uh, uh, leaping, you know, like merging plug here. Uh, so Conan's going on tour with Erica, and uh, so yes. you can catch them live. More like I'm uh, going on tour with him. Whatever. Semantics, but sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we all know who the real star is. <laughs> but anyway, Tony um... quits the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's Greg. I, Greg is the real star. Anyway. Greg, yes, he is now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We elevated Greg quite a bit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you, you have uh, tour dates coming up in Atlanta and uh, some other cities I can't remember because I'm moving. Well done. One out of four. I'll give you a 25% score on that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because I live in Atlanta? Is that why you were like, oh, uh, I live in Atlanta uh, it's too. Indianapolis, <laughs> Louisville, Nashville, and Atlanta. I have it written yep. here in my uh, notes. I, I've never Ooh, been. To, you know, I've never lived in, in the three other cities. So, you know. <laughs> Wait, which one have you lived in? Atlanta. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I grew up I grew up in Marietta. Oh. Well, that's not Atlanta. Well, <laughs> you want to get semantical? Uh, yeah, but but to the outsiders, like I'm like I say really that you're really making. I know. The I know. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. We're really making these plugs into a 15 minute bit. Yes. I love is it. there is there anything else you wanted to plug though that that I might not be aware of? Oh wait, See, you have that, that new music video that you did. Oh yeah, 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 I guess they do. Yeah, they oh, do. I want to plug. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we're still on mine. Sorry. Technically. I don't know who we're plugging. If we're plugging me, then we're yeah. plugging then... you. Yeah. Is there anything else you want oh, to plug? Well, technically, yeah, it's both because you you uh, art yeah. directed and edited that video, the Dark Passengers video, right? That's so, true. Yeah. It's a, it's a joint I... plug. Yeah. We, yeah. We, it was a joint effort. Just like the sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also just worked on a trailer for a movie called As Above, So Below. Mm. And. Um, Good title. I think it, I'm really excited about it. I feel like we did some really great work. We had a great crew. And um, if anybody wants to like check it out or donate or anything, you can find it on Instagram. Nice. Uh, so yeah, other than that, yeah. That Conan video, I just, we, we did. I keep trying to, I, well, I really want to be able to like, just point at people, and it's like it takes more. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're it's like, backwards. It's like, no, no, it's over here. It's, it's a it's, lot of practice. To me, you feel like you're people. here, but that's forest. I would say it's the most befuddling bit for people who only listen on the podcast, but we watch a lot of foreign language films and play clips from them, of which nobody summarizes them. So that's definitely the most baffling. <laughs> that's my favorite. The second most baffling part is when we're my favorite, my favorite bit is torturing our audio listeners into uh, making us watch, making them watch the video version. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> which why wouldn't you? This yeah. is a delightful show and with full of beautiful people. And we also, speaking of beautiful people, we should probably have Marina's plugs because um, you have. Uh, a YouTube channel. Maybe YouTube. I, I should have written this down. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> really it's should. okay. You really you should. Find yeah, me yeah, on no, YouTube and Twitch today, so. and Twitter. That's where I'm at. And Marina is delightful, and we love her very much and love when she's on the show. 
Mm-hmm. What do we what do we search to find you on those platforms? Just Marina Dove. And you'll Marina find Dove. me. Okay. Marina's Wood there. nymph at large. Mm-hmm. Marina's there. Mm-hmm. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, the orange hair, the green dress. I'm into it's it. It's hard to miss. Yeah. Mm. It's hard to miss. That's good. I don't know. Sometimes with the red lights, it does get a little hard because Stevie, Stevie don't get me started. <laughs> the, first, the first like ten you know episodes. How chaotic of the show, that would be. The first ten episodes of the show had like a nine person. <laughs> it looked like fucking Hollywood Squares, and I wish I was kidding. I think the most that I've been on was six, and that still felt like. Yeah, Jim J. Bullock not. over here. You know, that's like, a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a little crazy. It's too much. But uh, you know, going going backwards, uh, your own podcast, Stevie. Through, through Andy's plugs, I guess. Starting with Marina, final thoughts. Anything you want to bring up, or that we didn't get to, or um, you know, this was a movie about the female gaze, G A Y S. Um, and so I'm just like, I'm really, I'm really happy that it exists. <laughs> All right. Lay, lay, lay female, lay female gaze. Um, lay female gaze, yeah. <laughs> um, that would be a great letterbox I, one-liner, by the way. I know you just proclaimed that you will not be on that. Oh, uh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll just, have to do maybe that. just for that. Marina, don't give in. Conan is the, is, is the reason I'm that I joined Letterbox. Trying to be strong. Yeah, don't <laughs> resist. Lay stars. <laughs> It's a good joke. Um, It's funny because I was like, okay, in preparation for this episode that we're doing right now, I I had a friend that um, we watch movies together sometimes, and I was like, hey, I need to watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's this lesbian period drama that I I need to watch for this podcast. Do you want to watch it? And he was like, lesbian period drama <laughs> it's like that i don't i don't know and i was like yeah okay well you know i got i'm gonna watch i've seen it before it's really good actually but okay and so yeah, a bunch of lesbians get their period it's really dramatic yeah. well no no I mean, lesbian does, does get it she does get her period caught on that because yeah, i was like she doesn't yeah she doesn't get her period that really is yeah many ways can you interpret that there is some drama <laughs> you're right said not necessarily <laughs> yeah. but you know like you know, it's like this is this is the lesbian period drama that I can get behind for sure. So um I know I really appreciate the like artistic, like like I said, attention to detail. Like Celine Siama, she did a fantastic job, and I also can't wait to explore more of her uh catalog for sure. Oh yeah. Conan, Conan, Lay <laughs> Conan. Conan, yeah. the throne. Uh, I, I took German, sorry. Uh, yeah, this is this move. This film is deeply immersive, absolutely stunning. Um, every scene, like I said, feels like a painting practically. Uh, it's the slowest burn and the deepest fire, right? It's a uh, yeah. The usage of color in this is incredible, it, and it's just a very well made film. It's the the script is uh, well written, taught. Uh, the performances are amazing, and as I mentioned, it's you know. It's, almost entirely female you just have the crushing weight of the patriarchy at all points of the of the film and it's but it doesn't go out of its way to show that to you it's just there as a character so it's like again when you see that dude at the table you're just like uh uh men men uh. in this house <laughs> what's a man doing in here i mean it's 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 subtle but intense and mm-hmm. 
like honestly, I, I find this movie to be incredibly beautiful, heart wrenching, and somewhat breathtaking. And we didn't even get into like all of like the any of the quotes from it, but I mean, there's there's a laundry list of them, and uh, it's, it's great. Right, and I have a laundry list of the quotes right here in front of me. I, I don't doubt it. Uh, I'm gonna have to subscribe for the after party. Exactly to hear all the quotes written read out aloud. Uh, I think that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is this is another example. So I, of course, am the one who pushed this in for this month, um, and I stand by my assessment. I, this is another one I got off the Criterion challenges that I that I, that I tend to do, and like stop about like forty percent in and like do other stuff. But like I, those forty percent that I get are quality. They're quality movies, and um, I, you know, again, if this movie hadn't come out the same year as you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite and all these other like huge like marquee films, I think it would be like a shoe in for at least a Best Picture nomination, if not Best Picture. And I'm absolutely overjoyed to see what she does next and to go back and dig through the archives because uh, it's a very, very well-directed film. I'm really glad we talked about it. Yeah, I, I, I co-signed that and I want to go back and see some of her stuff too. Um, uh, Andy? you have anything else to say about art history and the <laughs> doctor who um, episodes? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't think I have any other doctor who episodes to bring up. Um, but there was that one with, uh, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, but, uh, no, no, this is, this is great because, um, you know, a lot of times you don't always know what you can, uh, like art history, I think is, is important because you can learn a lot about society and history and culture, uh, you know, through ways whenever you study it, not just the paintings, but the stories behind the paintings and the stories behind the paintings can, can teach you stuff. And this, it, this whole movie is like a story behind a painting and, and um, uh, which is, which is my favorite thing. And, and uh, the, the director's right. This is, you know, very universal because, you know, even though it's about two lesbians in the, uh, you know, 18th century. It also like uh, felt like relationships I've been in that have lasted for a short time, but felt like eternity. You know, leading up to it. Um, you know, uh, so so there there's a certain beauty to 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 this um, universality, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like even though like I don't see myself in the characters, I see I can find myself in the story at the same time. And uh, they they need to make more movies like that. Really. Um, less like Aliens versus Predator Requiem. <laughs> <laughs> and th those are your only two options. Those are the only yes. two options you have for movie yes. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll say uh, join us in the um, armpit trip after party, which, you know, we didn't bring that up. <laughs> we didn't in even talk actual... about that. Amazing. Right, but that literally is what I, what I call the after party. Uh, my final quote is, I feel something new. Regret. Regret.